Hi, my name is Akriti Desai, and today I'm here with Marlies Hardiman from Transformation Speaks. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> Could you give us a couple sentences about what Transformation Speaks is? Okay, um, Transformation Speaks is both a motivational, it started out with motivational speaking, where I spoke on um, women moving from victimization, sex, especially sexual assault and domestic violence into, uh, excuse me, I get lost it, into um, triumph. And um, that was beginning, I started speaking like at universities and at schools and in prisons. And then it kind of morphed itself into what it's doing now, which is I'm doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching with women who are, you know, trying to make that transition. Okay, great. So why did you get into the industry of motivational speaking and specifically for sexual assault and domestic violence? Um, I actually wouldn't have believed like a couple of years ago, I would be here. Um, I am a survivor of both sexual assault and child abuse. And as I began to heal and things um, in me began to change, I began to have that desire to go back and grab women who were still living with that abuse as the center of their life and pull them forward. Um, I actually got involved with it with a group called Project Woman. And I started going out and speaking for them in front of legislators, trying to get money for them. And it just kind of kept evolving after that. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank um, you. So, what was that moment that you had where you finally escaped your abuse and your assault and you realized that you wanted to go back into that world to help others who are struggling in the same boat that you were? I know a lot of people who are survivors have a lot of trouble um, dealing with their memories and for you to go actually head strong back in to help others is so inspirational, but I, I realize that can be extremely hard for a lot of people. So did you have to deal with any other stressors? Um, and if so, how did you deal with them? Um, for me, that moment, I, this is a, it was a process. It really wasn't something that happened overnight. It happened over years. Um, years of people stepping into my life and depositing the good after all that negativity and kind of letting me get that negativity out. I think for me, the moment where the break was complete was I actually, one of the abusers or sexual assault um, gentleman, his daughter asked me to come in and pray with her and pray with him and give him his last rites because he was dying. And of course, I don't believe she knew that he had sexually assaulted me. But in that moment, he apologized 
And even though it had been years between the abuse and the apology, it kind of broke that hold in me. And um, with a lot of just purging myself, um, trying to, I cried it out, I screamed it out, I yelled it out. Um, after going through that, um, for a while, I just sit, I sat in that point of, okay, I want to heal. I need to keep healing. Um, read a lot of books. I never went to therapy as, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with therapy, but I already have people in my life who were, um, listening to me and who were giving me good, positive um, affirmation about myself, um, who, were, who already dedicated themselves to reading books with me, having me cry on their shoulder. So I, I'm not saying therapy is a bad thing. It, I just didn't need it. Um, and about, I want to say four years after that, uh, a lady actually on, I met on Facebook, sent me a logo, Transformation Speaks, and it looks very much like the logo that's on my website now, and told me that God told her to create a logo for me. And at that point, I wasn't using it. I didn't know what it was for. I said, you know, I appreciate it. And it was beautiful, but, you know, I'm not going to do anything but she just asked, she was like, I'm just going to ask you not to throw it away. One day you'll know what Transformation Speaks really is. And about three years after that, um, I was cleaning out some email and I found it and I just looked at it and it was like all of a sudden I understood. And I went and talked with um, Project Woman and I shared my story with them. That was the first time I fully told the entire story to someone who was not related to me. Because of course I went and shared it with my mom so that when it came out, she would know because I don't think she knew or at least had a understanding of the extent of the assault. So um, after I talked to Project Woman and I got connected with them, it just started rolling from there. So I didn't mean to ha run headlong into the dark again, but I kind of, that's what I ended up doing. Hey, that's amazing. Um, so I know that the, the actual helping of these people is your real passion, but uh, it also comes with creating your own business. And um, I know that's something that's really difficult, especially for people who have done it for the first time. Right. So is there anything that you came across when running your own business that kind of made you feel like that's not really what I want to do? I just want to go in there and help the people fuel my own passion. But because it's a business, I have to do all this other work. Did you, any, did you ever have any of those moments? And it um, was... And I have lots of those moments, <laughs> even now, um, because ask, I'm not good at asking for money. I just, that's not me. Um, and my passion tends to override business. And that's the biggest struggle for me, 
is I'm continuously saying to myself, uh, okay, that's good, but you know, you need to add both sides of it. So I have this internal battle going on in my head. One side is saying, give it away, give it away, because that's what was given to you. Um, and the other side is, you know, you need to um, charge for this because, you know, if you want to make a living. And even though I think the, um, my in-between ground is I'm a teacher. So income isn't, I haven't done this full time yet. And so right now it allows me to still do more of the passion and not so much of the business, but because I know I want to eventually be able to do this full time. It, I keep reminding myself, if you want to do it full time, then you got to bite the bullet and you got to learn you know, all these business principles and stuff that I really don't <laughs> want to know about because it's just so much with the website yes. and <laughs> IT person and graphics and, and it's, it, it's hard. It, and I have to keep finding that middle ground that allows me to say, I want to do my passion and that's what's important. And that always has to remain first for me. And business has to always remain in second place because I don't ever want to sell myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand that. And I, you mentioned that you were a teacher. So um, is that what you studied in college? And if so, is that how you've been applying yourself to this business to help other people get through their own hard times? Um, yes, that's what I studied in college. And um, it helped me, it helps me because I'm constantly before the coronavirus, of course. Um, it allowed me to give one-on-one -on -one care to because you get that sixth sense and I can I can smell out a victim I if that makes sense I know I can smell trauma and I work with ninth graders so it's the age group that I was sexually assaulted the second time with so it's like me constantly I can give back to them and and so I think that was enough in, for a long time, it was like, you know, I'm taking care of them. Um, but I think as I began to transition, it was kind of because the universe already knew that the coronavirus was coming and, you know, I would need another outlet because for me, that is therapy, you know, to care for other people and to share and to help them make a difference in their own life. Amazing. Um, so I know that you um, you said that you work with, I'm mean, sorry, sorry, one sec. Uh, oh, okay. You mentioned um, the coronavirus. So I wanted to know how the coronavirus has actually affected your business because it's a lot about interpersonal communication. That's really right. what business relies on. So how have you been able to 
um, cope with this, um, the advent of coronavirus and how, how has your business transformed to keep up with it? Well, the first thing is, you know, um, we're no longer having speaking engagements at all. I mean, at least in the areas that I, you, you can't go into prison, you can't go into a juvenile detention, you can't go into school. So um, that was the first immediate impact. It shut down that, app, that avenue completely. Um, so what I did is I started um, using social media as an outlet. Um, I started pivoting to do more um, uh, viral, or not viral, I don't know what I want to say, um, technical zooms with women. We have, um, I'm part of what's called, a, we do a virtual tea. And um, and we call it just spilling the tea. And I bring women together and we just spill the tea. And we talk about those kinds of stressors that are coronavirus and how we get past those. Um, I also am doing more coaching um, because it allows me to do it on Zoom. Um, I know that I have friends who are, you know, they're like, you can do it by, you know, you can do um, Zooms and they're making money doing that. But I haven't because of the clientele that I was working with, they don't, they don't have that access. So I haven't discovered how I'm navigating that part of the problem yet. Okay. And um, I know how you mentioned the different type types of clientele that you have. And I thought it was really interesting that you actually go into prisons and you talk to people who have survived sexual assault there. I noticed that there was a federal um, legislation passed. It was like the Prison Rape Elimination Act, the PRA. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that in regards to um, the stigma surrounding giving up your sexual assault information and rape information so that people can protect you, particularly in prisons. I know that a lot of people are actually very um, hesitant when providing information to their medical provider yeah. in prison in regards to their sexuality, in regards to their sexual partners and any uh, STD history and anything like that. Um, how do you approach people in situations like that, people in really like tough situations and still giving them that hope that they need to have? Um, I let the, the um, institution, the prison, the juvenile determine what women I'm speaking to or what girls I'm speaking to. So I don't, I don't know anything about their personal situations. Because what I've learned is until someone is comfortable with sharing that information, you can do more harm than you can good. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I mean, I, I believe it is a wonderful law, but it's very in the sense that you're asking people to um, expose things that they may not be comfortable with 
or haven't even come to grips with themselves. Um, and I think in that, in that arena, you're like re-traumatizing them, even if you don't mean to. I think that's why um, a lot of women never speak about their assault because it, it's re-traumatizing. And even if you've got someone uh, who is well-meaning, um, if I tell you, you have to tell me, no matter how well-meaning I am, that when I told you, you have to tell me, yeah, you know, I, I've lost our connection um, or even the opportunity to build that connection because I mandated it. I don't think you, because you, in my opinion, you can't mandate healing. You, I mean, no matter what that healing is, because if you're honest, 99% of the people who commit sexual assault and domestic violence and even child abuse have experienced some kind of assault, some kind of violence toward them, and they were never able to heal that. So sometimes you think you're, okay, it's a guy, it's a guy's prison. Um, you're, that man may have been assaulted. Are you, you know, giving him the same resources? And so I, I just am very conflicted about whether that should happen or not. What do you think your role in speaking to these people is? Do you think it's more towards destigmatization of talking about these experiences or forming that connection ha like making them feel like there is a safer place than just talking to their medical provider talking to you because you've experienced the same thing um and if so have have you been able to get through to some prisoners and help them start their track to healing when i go into a prison um my mindset is I just want to show them that there is hope. Uh, because I can't start a relationship uh, as far as coach to client because I can't follow through. So I don't want to uncover anything that is going, that I'm then going to leave you not knowing if that will ever be dealt with. So um, it's very much, this is what you have to do um, in a very general sense, giving them my story as a backdrop, but saying there is hope. You know, you don't have to stay here. You can work your way through it. Um, when I talk to like legislatures, and um, people who are making decisions, then my conversation changes to, you gotta help these people. Um, this is what they need. Um, being an advocate for them. Um, so it's not, I never want to open someone up and then just leave them opened up because then they bleed. The, and 
and it gets worse. They're re-traumatized, re-traumatized all over again. Okay. And as far as um, your experiences go, I know that you chose to start this business a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you have said to the Marlies that was starting the business a couple years ago? and taking that first step towards helping others who have been in the same boat as you, what would you say to her, the advice that you've learned along the way, anything that would make the journey if you were to restart a little bit easier? Are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) I would say um, find a committed mentor. Um, I have that... I've gone through a lot of money, finding, thinking I found people who were going to help me. And they were just, you know, here, learn how to public, learn how to speak, learn how to be a motivational speaker. And so I buy the course thinking, okay, I'm gonna get some real support, some real help. And, I didn't know if it was that they they weren't um, equipped when they heard the story to help. Um, I don't know what it was. So I would tell younger me, find somebody who's actually doing what you want to do. Not just a general idea, but someone who's actually specifically focus in the area that you're focused in and connect with them and follow their lead because I feel like 99% of the time I'm trying to reinvent the wheel and if I could find that person I haven't I have yet to find them and um, I think it would make my journey easier um, so yes, definitely find a mentor. Mentors are so important. Okay, and for my final question, I wanted to ask you what advice you have for future female business owners that are listening today. Um, I would tell them, don't quit. No matter how hard it gets, no matter what other people say, Um, whether they feed your dream or not, don't quit. Because anything is possible. If you're willing to put in the work and you not only have to put in that work hands-on, but mentally put in the work, you gotta believe that you can do it before it'll ever be done. So if you don't think you're going to be able to do it, don't you've already lost the battle so don't um but if you really believe you can focus on that belief and no matter what comes no matter how many times i believe um uh edison tried 110 times to get electricity to work (laughs) or it worked so you have to have that kind of tenacity that regardless and you can't let 
because you're a female, get in your way. Because there's still, even though we say we're in open society, so many times I feel like certain doors are closed because you are female. Don't quit. Just keep pushing. Keep banging on that door. Keep walking those aisles, whatever you're going to be dedicated to. Dedicate yourself to it and be passionate about it. Don't pick something that you're not passionate about. Pick something that if you're passionate about, you keep focused on it because you won't be able to sleep at night. It ought to be that thing that gets you up every morning. So just stay focused, stay passionate, and believe in yourself and in your dream. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, is Where can our listeners find you and your business? Okay. Um, I have a website called Transformation Speaks. Transformation Speaks is all one word. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook under Servant Leader Hardiman. I also have a transformation group. It's a free group. Um, where I'm kind of working up the levels. So that's where I'm at now. Um, you can catch me on Instagram. It's at Transformation Speaks 1. So anything Transformation Speaks you, I, <laughs> you should come across me. Um, I'm not about, even though this is a business because it is a passion, I'm not about making money. I believe that money will come when you do what you were meant to do in this world. So, you know, connect with me. I want to help you. I want to inspire you. I want you to keep going. Great. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Oh, no problem.